tell cars over there that that like can skip across the water? You can skip a car across the water. You know that, right? Like a rock? You can do that. You got to have the right amount of speed, probably some nitrous. Yeah, you, you can do it. I don't know that you could actually skip across the uh the water from Florida like into the Caribbean or something like that, but man, I just dude, there are times I just want out of here. Seriously. I have been watching videos on Poland a lot lately. Now, I've been telling you for well over a decade. If everything hits the fan and you decide, I've got to escape, Poland's where you go, right? I know that some of you are thinking Australia. I know that some of you might think like Europe or something. No, Poland is the place. to. I know Poland's in Europe. Poland is the place to go. That's, I'm telling you right now, that is your sanctuary if things hit the fan, okay? I'm not telling you to abandon America and go to Poland. I'm just saying, if it comes to a point where you have to, that's the place to go. Poland is still ideologically like the United States in the 80s. And their economy is growing like gangbusters. Poland joined the EU because they needed the EU to help pull them out of the, the Cold War and the communism that they were oppressed under. And now Poland is surpassing the EU and Poland's like, we might not even need the EU. <laughs> but the EU is, unfortunately for Poland, the EU is paying for most of Poland's infrastructure. It's just that Poland is doing a much better job than other countries of, of doing it. It'll get to a point, I think, where Poland won't need the EU money anymore for infrastructure, and they're just going to say, bye. Because <laughs> ideologically, they're not aligned with France. They're not aligned with the UK or Germany or any other EU member. They're just they're a unique country in Europe. And part of that is because they were oppressed for so long and so brutally. So we've got a lot of things to discuss locally. And... We've got some things to discuss that are not local that might affect some of you locally or might be a fear that you have, especially when it comes to public education and, and things of that nature. Um, we're going to go over this this preschool teacher that has gone viral over the past couple of days and um, some of the stuff that she has said. We're going to go over, yes, a couple more little tiny things. I'm trying not going to spend a lot of time with it on masks. Um, we've got another fake hate crime out there, but this one is not a hate crime designed for a protected class. This was a fake hate crime that was um, somebody who was like pro-vaccine and made up a hate crime about about uh, them. Well, made up them being a victim of a hate crime, I should say. Uh, this is the type of stuff that is maddening, but unfortunately is commonplace. And we'll get into some of, of the other thing. Afghanistan, is, you know, it is what it is. But all right. <clears throat> Concord schools. Let's start there, shall we? Let's just start with Concord Schools. Concord Schools is denying that they're teaching CRT, critical race theory. They're denying that. Now, we, if, if again, I'm encouraging everybody, if you don't have anything that you're focusing on as a parent or somebody in the community and you're, you're looking for something to be involved in, you just don't know where to go. Right? Because so many issues. Again. Okay, vaccines over here. We've got uh, mass over here. We've got... Uh, critical race theory over here. We've got election integrity over here. We've got all of these things. CRT is where you should put your efforts if you are inclined to be interested in it. Because this is the bad one. And I know that other ones have, have an effect, folks, but this one's the one that is, this is bad. And I'm going to play you some interesting stuff about critical race theory here in a little bit. And I think you'll be interested to know where the source came from. So Concord Schools is denying that they're teaching critical race theory. Uh, Penn denied that they're teaching critical race theory. Penn lied. Uh, other schools are denying all across the country that they're teaching critical race theory. They're lying. Um, in, in Indiana, 
uh, you have SEL, you have Castle. Those programs incorporate elements of critical race theory. There's no other way to phrase it. There are lesson plans, depending on the age group, where CRT is not injected in the classroom. The problem is, is that you as a parent have to pay attention to what is being taught in the classroom to make sure the CRT doesn't get thrown in with that lesson plan. Now, I have told you this many, many times, and it's it's always interesting because occasionally I will get teachers who will call up and they'll get mad at me for it. And they'll say, you know, um, it's teachers really want parents to be involved. And when when you, Casey, when you say that that public education doesn't want parents to be involved, that's not fair because we really, really, really do. And I believe that a lot of teachers want parents to be involved. I truly do. The system doesn't. I think that good teachers who genuinely care about their students and just want their students to learn in the best way that they can, they want to help guide that education, and they want their students to become you know, intelligent, well-adjusted people in society, I believe that those teachers are very interested in parents being involved in their kids' education. But as I have highlighted example after example after example after example over the years, public schools from the Department of Education all the way down through your principals and superintendents and things like that, through large swaths of this country, do not want parents involved in their kids' education. They just want to blame the parents when those schools fail your kids. So if the schools do terrible at testing, they have low grades when it comes to community surveys about the quality of that school, then they blame the parents. Well, the parents aren't involved in the kids' education. But throughout the school year, they do everything they can to hide lesson plans, to hide things from parents. How many times have we provided you examples of this happening? Sometimes that's done by an activist teacher away from faculty. They get caught. The administration finds out about it, fires them, disciplines them, whatever. Sometimes they're just activist teachers. Sometimes, like with CRT, this is from your school administrators all the way up to the, the, uh, the Department of Education. The Department of Education pushed critical race theory in public schools, and they just recently backed off of doing it publicly. The problem is that you have elements of CRT in other programs that are approved learning in various states. In Indiana, that happens to be SEL and CASEL. Are there elements of SEL and CASEL that are good and positive for your kid? Sure there are. Buried in a lot of those lesson plans, though, are critical race theory. Now, critical race theory is not a good thing. Anybody who defends critical race theory as being something that should be taught in public education is probably a dangerous person for you to be around. If nothing else, dangerously ignorant. There are those. There are those who are just dangerously ignorant. They don't know much about critical race theory. They think that all critical race theory is is teaching what the history of the country is or, or something of that nature. That's not what it's about. At its core, critical race theory teaches little white kids that they have it easier than everybody else because of the color of their skin. This is obviously not true. This is demonstrably not true. But it also blames those white kids for the other lesson that it teaches non-white kids, which is you are inherently disadvantaged because of the color of your skin. And it's not, it's not just because the white kids in the class don't like you. It's the system that their parents and their parents' parents created, and you can't get away from that system, and you can't bypass that system. You can't break through. 
the, the glass ceiling. You can't do any of that because you will always be oppressed because the system was set up and designed by white people to oppress those who are not white. Now, that may have been true in the 1800s. It's not true now. And it hasn't been true for a very long time. And when you study things that are in the black community, as I've highlighted, I have great hope with Generation Z. The young men in Generation Z in the black community are probably the best batch of young black men that we have seen in in this country in a very, very long time. And it's probably true for whites and everybody else in Gen Z, too. Gen Z, like every everybody else, they have their problems. They have some snowflakes. But Gen Z also has a lot more libertarian leanings than any other generation. And what libertarian leanings mean, and that doesn't mean libertarian party, what libertarian leanings mean is they're less likely to be brand loyal, which means they're less likely to be devout Democrats. They're less likely to be devout Republicans. This is a good thing. They are less likely to be devout um Uh, advocates of their race over others, which means they're less likely to be racist. They're less likely to be sexist. All of these things in Gen Z, these are good things. And it all happened without critical race theory. Amazing how that took place. It all happened without critical race theory. But in the black community in particular, here's what I'm seeing in young black men. And this is just my casual observation of watching popular culture. Okay, so it's not scientific. It's not concrete. Probably doesn't mean much. But here's what I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a lot of young black men who understand that they can succeed in spite of what they're told. And what they're being told with lesson plans like critical race theory is that you can't succeed because of the color of your skin. Unless, of course, you drop a great album or you can play a sport. Other than that, you can't succeed in America, which we know is not true. What a horrendously awful thing to be teaching young people. But I also see Gen Z young black men, they want families. And I know that this is going to seem like, well, yeah, I mean, people want families. Um, Look, there was a stereotype of the absent black father in this country for a long time for a reason. And if you go into the black community and you talk with people in the black community, they will tell you a couple of very basic truths. For a long time, it was very difficult to keep black men in the home. And that was not always just because black men were suffering some, I don't know, societal issue. Oftentimes, it was because of black women, too. And we know that this materialized after the welfare state rose with Johnson. We know that. You can see it in history. Before the welfare state, blacks had a higher intact Uh, ratio than whites did, meaning two-parent household, kids are living in the same house as mom and dad. They had a higher ratio of that than whites. That all changed after the welfare state. There was incentives for black women to not have black men around. There were incentives for black men to not stick around. Some of that was absolutely in the legal system too, 100%. But now what I've seen is a dramatic shift. I've seen, to a lesser extent, young black women really want this too. They want want a traditional American nuclear family. In Gen Z, there is no denying that young black men in Gen Z are gravitating towards the nuclear family. Now, this has been a trend for a long time. 
for several years now. So why do you think all of a sudden the social movements that rise up are the ones that destroy the idea of an intact nuclear black family in this country, which is undeniably the number one issue facing black poverty, education and success and incarceration in this country? 83% of people incarcerated right now come from a broken household. 83%. Dad's not around. That's not a coincidence. What does critical race theory do? It attacks the idea of that nuclear black family. What does Black Lives Matter do? They actively and vocally oppose an intact black nuclear family. As I've said this many times, what I think is really interesting about Black Lives Matter, the national organization, they want to destroy nuclear families. They said it in their charter on their website. They've now deleted it. Why don't you want black fathers in the home with black kids and, and the mom? Why, why, why don't you want that? That could be the primary thing that changes things. In the United States of America, it's pretty easy to not be in poverty. We've talked about this many times. Don't have a kid out of wedlock, graduate high school, and get married. Those three things right there, you're 90% of the way out of poverty. Doesn't always work, but you're 90% of the way. So why do you think all of these social movements are rising up that attack the very thing that would benefit the black community in particular in the United States? Why are they all of a sudden being codified and put in the classroom? Could it be that they see that, tra that trend too? Well, what do we know about traditional families? Traditional families tend to not be dependent on public, public welfare. If you're not dependent on public welfare, how do you hold public welfare over people to buy their vote? And I know that that may seem controversial to people, but the sad reality is that this has been studied by universities all over the country, and they've all come to the same conclusion. The primary reason that blacks have a poverty issue in the United States is because of non-intact family environments. So why are we attacking the idea of fixing that problem? But the good news is that younger generations in the black community are seeking that out. They want that for themselves, and they should want that for themselves. So you've got to reverse that positive trend, right? You can't allow that to happen because then you lose control. We have more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So back to this Concord Schools thing on critical race theory. Public education. The line is that they need you. They need you, the parent, to be involved in your kid's education to help them succeed. And I think that that is probably accurate more times than it's not. Can teachers overcome an absent parent? Sure. Um, can parents overcome a bad public school? Yes, they can. Can kids overcome a bad public school situation and absent parents and educate themselves? Yes, it can happen. But it's a lot easier if everybody's on the same page, isn't it? Now, if Concord is not teaching critical race theory, then may I ask a very simple basic question? Why won't they give any of the parents the lesson plans to prove it? 
you're the parent. This is public school. You have a right to the curriculum anyway. Wouldn't matter if you're just trying to see what math they're being taught that year so you can bring yourself up to speed and help them with their homework. Or if it's some sociology project, doesn't really matter. You're the parent. This is public education. You pay their salaries. They are your employees. You have a right to see their curriculum. So why is Concord, why is Penn, why are other school districts hiding curriculum from parents? Why are they doing that? Why is a parent in Rhode Island being sued by the teachers union, the largest teachers union in the country, to prevent her from being able to get curriculum in her kids' school? Why is that? Why are they all of a sudden so concerned with you having access to the materials that they're teaching your kids? There is only one logical answer to that, and that answer is they're hiding something from you. So what are they hiding? And why is it so important for the mom and the dad and whoever else is involved in that kid's education and the public? Why is it so important for these school systems to not have those lesson plans get out? You're right as a parent to know what's being taught to your kid. Always has been. Always will be. And the fact that they don't believe that's the case anymore seems to tell you everything I've been telling you for over 15 years on this radio show of them actually wanting to keep parents out of their kids' kids' classroom. Sure seems like they're not hiding that fact anymore, right? So what about this crazy preschool teacher? Have you seen this story? Oh, we're going to talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, so a couple of things. Still sticking with local education. It has come to my attention that various schools in the Penn School District are asking students for their preferred pronoun in the student surveys. Um, So if you're... Don't look at me like that, Josh. So if you're a kid... And and by the way, um, I have examples from the high school. I have examples from elementary schools. And we have teachers asking about preferred pronouns. And here's the thing. I know that there's going to probably be a lot of teachers out there who go, look, I don't care what, what the kid wants to be called. I'm happy to oblige. I'm just here to teach them. Okay. Parents are obviously upset about this because um, if, if you are in the extreme rare circumstance that a normal pronoun is not appropriate, couldn't you just politely approach the teacher in private after class or in recess or whatever age group and just ask if they could refer to you a certain way? Um, why does it have to be in a questionnaire, right? There would be other people who would say, what's the problem with having it on a questionnaire? Because now we know. And then maybe you remove the awkwardness of a face-to-face interaction. All right, you know, I, I guess I could see both sides of this. What I would like for all of you students in Penn to do, if you haven't filled out this form yet, is uh, there, there's an option. Well, we have one of the forms here. Uh, I can't really see that on the computer. All right, let's look at this other one here. Um, so you have the options of she, her, he, him, uh, they, there, or others, please email with specifics. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, click other and email specifics. Uh, young men, here's what I'd like you to say. King is your preferred pronoun. Just do it. They're not allowed to say no. So then they will have to call you King Arnold, King Josh, King Casey. They will have to call you that. And if you are a young lady, a queen, princess, whatever you prefer, uh, princess probably has the better end of the deal, by the way. I know a lot of people like to be queens, but eh, eh, princess, much better deal in that, in that, that bargain. Um, go ahead and email that to them. So then they'll have to call you like Princess Leia 
and, <laughs> and Princess Trish. And think, just mess with them. Just do your best to mess with them. Because it, it's the, the fact that this is happening in elementary schools is, is what has most people upset from, from what I've seen online today. Um, and I have screen grabs of those. I'll, I'll try and put them in the Daily Show prep for everybody. And I've blocked out emails because I don't want any teachers being harassed or anything like that. But it's just, it, you know, it, it is just it is so silly uh, <laughs> that you have stuff like this. Because so few people in the country actually do that. You know, that's that's where things are so absurd. Now, let me go into this preschool. Actually, you know what? Before I get into this preschool situation, I want to play another piece of audio here. Um, and I'm going to see if you can guess where this comes from. Okay? If you can guess where this Josh, is my audio ready to go? I know you're on the phone. Sorry, buddy. All right. I want to play this for you. See if you can tell me where this audio comes from. As kids get older, you can add more details. Because some people aren't fair, black people have gotten fewer opportunities than other people. So they have less money to buy food and take care of their needs. Black people also tend to get sick more often because they can't afford doctors or medicine. And black people are hurt by police officers at a higher rate than other people. When kids link race with value judgments, don't get angry and shut them down. Instead, probe to find out where these ideas are coming from. I only like princesses who look like Ariel, and I don't like Moana's brown hair and skin. That's interesting. Why do you think that? You can also show your kids how racist ideas hurt people. You can't be Spider-Man. You are black. <sighs> Honey, how would you like it if that boy said you couldn't be Spider-Man because you have blonde hair? How would you feel? Take a look at what your kids are watching and reading. Show them movies and TV shows about heroes from other cultures. Malala Yousafzai who fights for girls' education in Pakistan. Anti-apartheid fighter Nelson Mandela from South Africa. Native American warrior Crazy Horse. And Chinese martial arts hero Bruce Lee. The list goes on. Unfortunately, most children's books and shows center around white characters, but some don't if you make an effort to look for them. Lead by example and add diversity to different parts of your life. Take part in activities likely to have a diverse group of people. Hello. Remember, being not racist just keeps things the way they are now. By being anti-racist, you can help lead our children to a brighter future. All right. Where do you think that came from? Anybody have any idea where that came from? Huh? Uh, I've got some suggestions of Sesame Street. Some people thought it was Sesame Street. Anybody else have any suggestions? Just say it to yourself. I'll give you the answer on that. Now, by the way, just a couple of things in there. I've never heard a little girl say that I don't like uh, Moana because of her brown hair and her dark skin. I've never heard that. I see kids of all types love Moana, uh, love um, who is the uh, Jasmine in in uh, Aladdin, right? They, they love the Disney princesses regardless. And I have never heard a white kid go up to a black kid and say, you're black, you can't be Spider-Man, which for the record doesn't make any sense because Miles is black and he's the new Spider-Man. But I have heard, I have heard black celebrities and black politicians and black activists tell little white kids that they can't be the Black Panther. I've seen that a lot. A lot. In fact, the the actor who played Black Panther, rest his soul because he passed away from cancer, he defended a little white boy who was being attacked viciously for several days because he wanted to dress up as Black Panther and, and he was told he couldn't because he was white. So I've seen it do the other 
the other thing. I've never seen it go the other way. Never seen it go the other way. I actually made a comment um, that there were um, there was a celebrity whose kid dressed up like Batman. Celebrity kid happened to be black. Batman's not black. Okay, it's a culture. It's not a costume, right? Batman's our guy. Remember when they were trying to change 007 into being a black guy? That doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, right? 007 is a pasty white Brit. This is how it is. Okay. <laughs> you, we've got Tenet now, right? Tenet's a black uh, spy. So we've got the, the, this whole thing is so backwards. But you notice the end there. Just not being racist will keep things the same. So it's okay. All right, you're not racist. That's awesome. But you're just keeping things the same. And things are really bad for people who are not white. They're oppressed. So you have to be an anti-racist. I mean, you have to get in people's face. You have to fight. You have to be an activist. You have to do this. You have to do that. What does that do? Divides people, makes people angry, increases violence. You know who funded this? Anybody have any idea who funded this? Hmm? 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 It's not Sesame Street. It's not PBS. It's not the DNC. Multiple people saying PBS. No, it's not. It was the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese Communist Party put it on their social media as an English language cartoon. You starting to understand what I've been telling you for months now? BLM admits they are trained Marxists. Patrice Kohler said that. I didn't. That's their own wording. Do you think maybe trained Marxists wouldn't want an intact black family because they know it's good for for black kids to raise uh, be raised in an environment like that? Do you think maybe the, the communists who are enemies of the United States may not like that? Do you think the communists in China might like the idea of Americans fighting each other in the streets and arguing over little tiny things like, oh, I don't know, why a white woman made a cookbook about dumplings and noodles? Oh, you haven't heard that story? Yeah, there's a white cookbook author who's being attacked because she's culturally appropriating people because she made a cookbook. The cookbook happens to be about noodles and dumplings. Noodles and dumplings don't come from white culture. So I just I just took 30 seconds and did a search. Wouldn't you know it? I found a bunch of Asian cooks who make American meals, and I found a bunch of black cooks who make Asian meals. Talk about cultural appropriation. Why isn't that wrong? We're supposed to be a melting pot, right? You're just you're just not allowed to embrace that melting pot and take recipes from other cultures. Do you think maybe the Chinese Communist Party might like the idea of Americans being divided and therefore the propaganda they push might reinforce that? You think maybe just just a just a smidge and large swaths of our population fall for it. Cleon Skousen, 1950s, the naked communist, he predicted all of this. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Oh, by the way, we got some calls that Mishawaka schools are doing the preferred pronoun thing in their uh, student surveys as well. There is a hospital in Washington state that has reportedly removed multiple sick patients from its transplant wait list. Now, of course, you need an organ transplant. You have to go on the list and pray 
that you're not too far down the list and that organs become available for you. So a hospital in Washington state has reportedly removed multiple sick patients from its transplant wait list. The reason? Those patients did not get the COVID vaccine. Now, you're already in a compromised immune situation. You need an organ transplant. Even if you were pro-vaccine, I think a lot of people would probably avoid getting a vaccine just because, well, they, they don't have functioning organs. That is, um, this ends up being true. And I don't have any reason to uh, to doubt it at this point in time. Apparently some of those patients have contacted local radio hosts over there to, to let them know what's going on. Uh, University of Washington Medical Center has apparently kicked several patients off of its organ transplant list in recent months, citing an unofficial policy requiring transplant recipients to be vaccinated against COVID. Some of you, some of you thought maybe I was I was inflating that a little bit.